Okay, guys, we're at the uh, top of the Dalai Bet. Bezat Hashem will finish the first parak today, so that'll be very exciting. Um, okay, we are... Um, okay, so we... Uh, you know what? I think we're actually at the very bottom of Yudala Manala. Yeah, with the two dots. Okay, it says as follows. Bishani de Rabbi in the in the years at the time of Rabbi Yudanasi, Havatsa'ara, there was some type of difficult situation. Okay? Probably not a fast. Uh, probably not a famine, excuse me. A lack of rain. But some type of difficult, difficult situation. So we turn to the top of Yudalambet. Gazar Tlatasre Taniyot. Okay? He decreed 13 fasts, right? Which we've seen before. Um, and he wasn't answered. Meaning the, uh, the fast did not result in any change in the, par- in the particular situation. So Savar Lemigzer Tzvei. So we thought he maybe he should decree more fast, right? Like, just keep going, basically, right? As long as he can go. Amrle Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami said back to him, Hare Amru, ain't batrichinet tzibur, you tell me die. Rabbi Ami says, but they said, I mean, I guess like sages said, you're not allowed to make the batrichinet means like to bother the tzibur too much. Meaning like, there's a limit. Like, how far can you go with these fast days? Like, you got to be some type of limit. There are already 13 fast days. It wasn't working. Just doing more fast days, like... Can't really do that. Okay. Now, Amar Rabbi Abba, Brady Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. So, Rabbi Abba, the son of Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, said, Rabbi Ami, the Abed Legarmehu the Abba. When Rabbi Ami said this, you can't like make it too difficult for everybody. He was saying it for his own benefit, basically. Meaning, I guess Rabbi Ami didn't really want to fast. <laughs> right, he didn't really like this idea, and so he's like, uh, "Yeah, you're not allowed to, you know, make it make it too difficult for the zebra." But it wasn't like a real thing, okay? Um, so I went to Ella. Rather, this is what the statement was. Uh, saying, The distinction is as follows. It's not that you can't just make it too difficult for the Tibor. It's that this idea of the 13 fast days was only taught when it came to rainfall. But for other types of difficult situations, you continue to fast until you, until you get answered from heaven. Okay, so meaning that he's wrong. Rabbi Ami's wrong. If there was such a statement that uh, 13 is a limit, but 13 is only a limit when it comes to fast days, and for other types of things, you just keep going. Tanya Lamehacha, there's a bright that says similarly, Sheamru Shalosh, Sheamru Shevra, Lo'amru Elalik Shemim. When they said three fast days, they said seven fast days, right? Those are different sequences. They only said it for, for rain. For other types of difficulties, you keep going until you're answered. Okay, so Gemara says, well, if that's the case, so let's say then for that that is a knockout of Rabbi Ami, right? Like if you have these uh, Tanaic sources that are telling us that uh, for other things you continue to fast, what's Rabbi Ami talking about? So I'm Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami can answer you as follows. Tanaihi, he could say it is a machloka Tanaim within the, within the, the, uh, the Brightos or Mishnayo, you'll see actually a machloka about this. The Tanya, as we learned in the Brightos, and goes ring your term, uh, the Brighta says you're not supposed to have more than 13 Taniyot decreed for the community. Because you're not supposed to bother the community too much. That's the words of Rebbe. And that's exactly the exact language that Rabbi Ami had used. said, No, that's not correct. The only reason we have a limit of 13 fasts is because that's the time for rainfall has ended. Meaning that in the context of rain, there's a certain point where you no longer ask for rain because it's not the rainy season anymore and we don't want rain in the summertime. That's not how, how it works. But when it comes to other things, there'd be no reason to curtail that. And okay, so that machloget, Rebbe versus Rebbe Shemgamil, will be reflected then in Rebbe Ami, let's say, versus, I guess, uh, was a Rebbe Yochanan. Okay, now... The people of Ninbe asked Rebbe to, sent Rebbe the following question. People like us, people like us, even in Thomas, Thomas is the middle of the summer, 
Okay? We still, by Ina Mitra, we still need rain. Hei How should we behave in that situation? Meaning, we know that traditionally we only have a certain number of fasties for rain, but we could use rain the whole year. We don't have the same type of limitation of a rainy season, you know, and dry season. So what should we do? daminan. Are we like individuals, or are we like a seaboard? Meaning, is it that like, the fact that we're in a different place and need something different, does that just make us like a whole bunch of individuals who happen to be living together? Or maybe we're also like a T-board, but the T-board now we have a different uh, set of rules in our circumstances. Um, what does that mean? Right, so should we be like individuals? Daminam um, uh, means we're similar to, right? We're domeh. Uh, similar to uh, individuals, and therefore we should say any tefillah for rain in Shomei tefillah, meaning that we wouldn't change the nusach of v'tein bracha to v'tein talamatal bracha. That we wouldn't do. But in Shomei tefillah, we could say, oh, by the way, Hashem, you know, we could really use some rain. Or are we like a rabim, where we actually would make a fundamental change in the bracha of v'kat uh, and say v'tein talamatal bracha. Okay? Uh, so I just lost my for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lahu, so he said back to them, Ki chidim damitu He says, No, you guys are like individuals, and you should say any extra tefillah that you want to make, you should say it in Shomea tefillah, just like any other person would make a special request in Shomea tefillah. Okay, so Meitabe, so they ask Akasha on the following, from the following source. Amr, Rebbe had answered this question. So Amr Abihuda, uh, Rebbe said, Eimatai, when is this all true? Like this whole sequence of fast days, when is this all true? Bitman shashanim ketiknan, Yisrael shurin alamatan. Okay, that's when the weirs are sort of like set up the normal way, and B'nai Israel are living on their land. Meaning everything's sort of set up in the proper way, so then you have the sequence of fasting. But nowadays, I guess we're no longer, you know, living in Eretz Israel, a lot of us, and, you know, things are sort of messed up. You have to reassess everything. Everything goes based on a particular year, or based on a particular place, based on a particular time. Meaning everything sort of can be reassessed and judged on its own. So that's what the, that's what the Mishnah... Excuse me, the bride seems to say. So that's, if that's the case, so then Rebbe would be wrong. Why would Rebbe say that you should be like individuals? It's not true. You should be like the, a community, and the community always has to reassess based on their particular situation. So he said back to him, This is a very important line. So you're asking a question on Rebbe from a Brita? Rebbe Tanahu Upalig. Rebbe is a Tana. Right, and he can argue. Meaning, fundamentally, it's important to understand. Right, you ask when we ask uh, Kasha a lot of times in the Gemara. So we're asking on Amoraim, right, rabbis of the Gemara from Tanaitic sources because those sources have higher levels of authority than they do, and that's how you can knock out a source by saying, "Well, I have a bright against you, I have a Mishnah against you." But Rebbe, right, the one who compiled the Mishnah, he is a Tana, so you can't ask a question on the Tana from a Brita. He's playing that same game with them. He's allowed to argue with them. So sure, you can have a bride that says a different thing than Rebbe. And Rebbe would say, yeah, great, I just disagree, so who cares? Right? And that's the point. So Gambar says, so there's no conclusion there. So Gambar says, my havila. So what's the halach, in fact? Rav Nachon Amar Bebekadashanim. Rav Shezhan Amar Bebekadashanim. Okay, so he says, Amar Bebekadashanim Amar Bebekadashanim too. What, in fact, you're supposed to do in those, in those uh, different situations? Bebekadashanim Bebekadashanim. And the Gambar concludes, the halach, in fact, is that you would say anything extra in Bebekadashanim, meaning you're viewed as individuals. The standard practice is the standard practice. And then anything, you know, there would be, um, uh, and the aberration would be reflected in Bebekadashanim. Yofi, continuing in our analysis of that mission. The mission is at Vesheni, right? These uh, different uh, fasts. What are we doing? So on the sec- on the Mondays, Matinim Chashichat, they would uh, open the stores a tiny bit, right? Like the doors a little bit, whatever, as it gets dark, so people could do shopping. And on Thursday, the whole day, because of Kavod Shabbat, so people could shop for Shabbos. So they asked the following question, Hey, what does it mean in the Mishnah? 
בבית מתינו חשיכה, או בחמישי כל היום, נקבו שבת, is it that on Mondays they keep the doors open a little bit before nightfall, and on Thursday they also keep the doors open only a little bit, but it happens to be the whole day, because of Kobe Shabbat, or, um, or perhaps, on the Mondays they open the door a little bit, they open the doors fully the whole day, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's almost like a normal day. So which one is it? Is Thursday kind of like a, a normal day, or is Thursday like it's just an, a, a, an extended Monday? So Tashma coming here. The Tanya, as we look right this thought, on Mondays they open up uh, by nightfall. Okay, so it says explicitly they open the doors fully the whole, uh, the whole day because of Shabbat. If they had, if the person had two entrances to the uh, to the store, so as a symbolic measure, you open one and leave one locked. If he had like a platform opposite his entrance, I guess also like um, keep people a little bit away, so you want to make sure people can still get in. He can open up like normal and not be worried. Right, the goal here is not to avoid melacha. We just try to like you know make sure that people don't think that we're eating like normal on these fast days. So that would be fine as well. Okay. Now, the Mishnah continued, If these fasts all passed by and the people still weren't answered, so we have other measures that are not fasting, but other measures. We stop doing like a business, and we stop building and planting. So what type of building and planting are we talking about? So Tana, Building would mean a building of happiness. And also planting, a planting of happiness. What's the type of building of happiness? This is something who's building like some type of uh, marital canopy house for his son. A special thing that has to do with like weddings. Meaning like an extremely, you know, uh, uh, happy uh, occasion. Something planting like uh, an elaborate like orchard or garden of kings. I mean, it's something that's so unnecessary, but it's something that is purely for ornamentation. So that's everything you avoid in this type of situation. Otherwise, you'd be allowed to do it. Okay. Furthermore, we don't greet each other. Okay, that's something we experience right on Tisha B'Av. And also, Avilim don't do that. So, Tana Rabbanam, Chavirim, Ein Sheila Shalom B'Nehem. Okay, now here the, the bright is making a distinction between chavirim. Chavirim are people who are more meticulous about mitzvot, like the chaver, and ameha aretz who are less meticulous. They're, less, they're, not, they're not as knowledgeable. They're less, they're less uh, meticulous because of that. So the chavirim, they have no, uh, no greetings. Ameha aretz are shalim, but if you have ameha aretz who are less knowledgeable, and they ask, they greet people. So machzirin alem b'safav rafav b'kovarosh. You can respond to them with like a soft voice and with like a serious manner. Okay, so you have to be like more somber, but like you don't have to like totally ignore them. Okay, behain, and furthermore, they, I mean, I think it means the chavirim, mitatvim v'yoshim ka'avilim u'kiminudim k'bnei adam v'nesivim la'makom. Okay, that they uh, wrap themselves up, and they, uh, they sit like uh, mourners, and like people who have been excommunicated, like people who have been scorned by Hashem, until heaven, there's uh, mercy from heaven. Okay, now. Along the lines there, the question is, like, how far can you go to sort of demean yourself in the process of asking Hashem for uh, mercy or response? So, Amr Abelazar, So, Abelazar is an interesting statement. He says, an important person is not allowed to fall on their face, I guess, as a form of beseeching Hashem, unless he's sure that he'll be answered in the manner that Yeshua Nun would be sure. 
Shnemar, as it says, Vayomar Hashem Yoshua, Kum Lacha Lamazat Meaning Hashem, in response to Yeshua, says, Okay, I'll answer you, get up, you don't have to fall on your face anymore. Okay, meaning that, like, the initial falling on the face is legitimate for Yeshua because he's going to be answered. But other than that, if you're not sure you're going to be answered, it's like going a little too far. You shouldn't demean yourself like that because you don't know what the results are going to be. Similarly says, uh, An important person can't wear sackcloth. Unless he's sure he'll be answered like Yehoram ben Achab. Okay? That uh, when the king heard the words of the woman, and he tore his clothing, he's uh, passing by the wall, he sees the people, and behold, they, like, I mean, I'm sorry, he didn't see the nation, the nation saw him, and behold, he's wearing sackcloth on his, uh, on his body. Okay, so in that case, he could do a sackcloth, but generally speaking, most people would not be, it would be inappropriate for most people to wear a sackcloth. Not everyone's allowed to do like rending their garments, and not, allowed, not everyone's allowed to like fall down on their face, I guess. Moshe ve'aron benifila, Yeshua v'kalei b'kriya. So as a model, we have that Moshe and Aaron would fall, like, fell before Hashem, and Yeshua and Kalei tore their garments. Moshe ve'aron benifila, tiftei by Paul Moshe ve'aron al pnehem. That Moshe and Aaron fell on their face. This is by the Miraglim, right by the spies. Yeshua v'kalei b'kriya tiftei by Yeshua binu b'kalei ben Yifuna karu big dehem. That they both tore their garments. Okay, so you have all these limitations of Rabbi Lazar. Ask Akasha. Again, remember, is Akasha based on logic? You're right. If it just said, Yoshua ben Leib, ben Nun, and Kalev tore the clothes, I would agree with you to be a distinction. Moshe does Nefila, and Yoshua, you know, Kalev do Kriya. But how should you leave the Yoshua? But now that it says, and Yoshua, like that connecting word, and, it's possible to interpret that means that he did both things. That they, you know, Moshe and, Yo- Moshe and Aaron fell on their face, and Yoshua and Kalev, like I guess, like also tore their clothes. Okay, I guess you can interpret it different ways, but that's what you're trying to say. It's not definitively one way. Uh, not everyone, he says, can do like getting up. Anything means you Mashiach, and not everyone will bow down. Uh, we'll say as follows: Kings get up, and ministers bow down. The kings get up, as it says in Sefer Yeshayahu, Israel. Uh, this is what God said, the Redeemer of Israel, Kiddosho, uh, and I guess his Holy One, turning here now to Tetvav, we'll just go to the end of the parak. Uh, he says here, Leviza Nefesh, Goy, Le'eved Moshlim, Melachim Yeru, Vikamu. Okay, I'll try to hear. Uh, to he who is despised of men, to who he is, to he who is abhorred of nations, mitaif, abhorred of, of nations, uh, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise. That ultimately, like at the end of the days, the kings will rise up. Furthermore, v'sarim b'yishtachavaya. How do we know ministers bow down? Dichtiv, as it says in that pasuk, sarim b'yishtachavu. The ministers will uh, bow. Okay. Now, similarly, right? A similar response here. If it said and the sarim bow down, I think he's right. Um, now that it says sarim and they bow, it sounds like they do both things. 
Okay, I guess it's just a question of how you really think about that. The grammar works there. Uh, they really believe really, both things. Okay. Anyhow, to conclude the the the, the parak, we say Amar Rav Nachman Bar Yisrael Avaniomer. I also say a similar thing about Yomotu Mashiach. Lo Hakola Orav Lo Hakola Simcha. Not everyone will benefit, but be able to have light, like bask in the glow, like like Hashem, and not everyone for a Simcha of gladness. Tadikim Lo Orav Yishrim Simcha. Righteous people for Orav and uh, straight, you know, uh, people. Uh, right, the uh, the upright, I guess, will have uh, will have uh, gladness. Tzadikim lo aradiyotiv or zaru alat tzadik. Okay, so like a uh, a light will be uh, sown for the righteous. But like sharin simcha diyotiv uli shrei lev simcha. Okay, that's the end of that. So how do you know Matai? That's the end of the first paragraph. Shikol Kadol, guys, really big accomplishment. We're virtually halfway through the Masachet, not quite, but just about, and we'll continue with Hashem 